Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Kings. Your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, a great comeback by the Sacramento Kings. And Cousins is about to hear from the NBA. He is barking, pointing to Gary Zielinski. He is not happy, headed toward the locker room, greatly frustrated. And that, of course, will go in the post-game report to the league. And don't be surprised if DeMarcus Cousins picks up a technical foul as a result of that. That's pure speculation on my part, but that's how these things sometimes happen. Failure to leave the court in a timely fashion. Well, here we are for another edition of Locked on Kings, and the season-long seven-game homestand started with a dud. Against the Miami Heat, Miami gets the season sweep over the Sacramento Kings. They only have 11 wins. Two of them have come against the Kings. Welcome into Locked on Kings. I'm Jason Ross, your host, each and every day for you here, Monday through Friday, talking NBA, talking Sacramento Kings, and uh, kind of talking our way through this one. A difficult loss, a disappointing loss, frustration, all things mounting for the Sacramento Kings as uh, they were in a feel-good spot. They'd made it to the eight seed, feeling pretty good about the way they were playing, and now that season-long seven-game homestand. I've been warning you for weeks about the difficult January schedule, and now it starts. I mean, they won in Denver, which was great, and I said in yesterday's podcast that the game against Miami has to end up as a win. Miami got a few guys back. But they didn't have Hassan Whiteside. They didn't have McRoberts. They didn't have Justice Winslow. And this wasn't their full team. And they had only had 10 wins. They had lost nine in a row on the road. They had lost six in a row overall. They hadn't won a road game since December 1st. And they beat the Sacramento Kings. We'll dissect this one in its entirety coming up here on Locked on Kings. Follow us on Google Play, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and iTunes. Leave us ratings and reviews there but also check out the entirety of the locked on network always good stuff on locked on nba um, locked on fantasy basketball so many different good things to follow across the entirety of the locked on network but we're here to talk about the kings and the miami heat and uh, we'll have a full breakdown analysis we'll hear from the coach and a couple of players as well but here's how it played out wednesday at golden one center richardson now baseline left Runs into two defenders, feeds a pass out that's saved by Goran Dragic. Plenty of time yet. They go cross court. Johnson for three. He hits the triple. Nice defense, Kings. 13 to 8. Miami with the lead. Miami's now hit three of four three pointers. Lawson drives, spins up a twister. It's no good. Tipped out to a follow. Gonna launch for three. Barely ripples the netting. Kings within one at 34 33. Aaron Oflalo. After a season high 19 last night, and Denver has got 10 already off the bench in this one. Richardson lost it, chases it down, finds Ellington for a straightaway three, and he buries it. 
Wayne Ellington tonight talking with Brian Gates before the ball game, and we were watching Ellington warm up, and he said, gee, man, Wayne Ellington has been balling lately. Here's Dragic now to the free throw line. Extra step, kicks it out to Babbitt for three more, and he scores it. Miami has lost nine straight on the road. They now have a 13-point lead. It's the biggest of the ball game. They've now made 10 three-pointers in 17 attempts. And the Kings and their fans are staggered here at Golden 1 Center. Lawson now looks left. He drives right. He's going to the rack. He scores the layup down the right side of the lane. 17 unanswered points by Sacramento. Makes it a two-point game at 87-85. Pass on top to Temple. Gives to Costa. Between the legs, bounce pass. Goes to Temple. Temple at the free throw line. Pull up 16-footer. He's got the bucket. This game is tied at 87. It's 19 straight points by the Sacramento Kings. Here's Tyler Johnson hooking a pass cross court and it's stolen by Garrett Temple. Races up the floor. He's challenged, takes it to the rim. He's got the bucket on a finger roll. What an amazing job he did of maintaining his balance. He puts the Kings on top for the first time since the opening two minutes of the ball game. 91-89. Timeout taken by Miami. The Kings on a 23-2 run. Kings throw it ahead. Here's cutting to the rack. Barnes, quick score, coming down the left side of the lane. Boy, that happened very quickly. Matt Barnes, who's among the very best among the Kings in cutting without the basketball, and they found him beautifully tied to make it a one-point game at 102-101 after the cousin steal. Johnson drives left, then backpedals, loses the ball, grabs it back, loses it a second time, grabs it back, challenged by Barnes, forces an ugly shot, but he scored it, and he was fouled. A three-point opportunity for Tyler Johnson, and how in the world did he get that shot to drop? He lost the handle not once, but twice, as Barnes really intensified the defensive effort, and Johnson, to beat a shot clock violation, went left. He had Barnes all over him. He created a falling to the side shot, and it found the net. And before we give you the full analysis of how that all spelled out to a victory for the Miami Heat, you get a chance to go to more Kings games coming up. As we mentioned, this was game one of a seven-game homestand, but six more to go. And you can be there because of SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to find tickets to the games that you want to see right there in person, up close, right there at best seats in the house. And there's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays, best moments of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get those guaranteed seats you want for the great value that you want. The SeatGeek app is the easiest way to shop for tickets. You can literally be anywhere in just a few clicks, few taps, and the tickets that you want will be yours. And with SeatGeek, you get the best deals they have because they compare the prices for you. They do all the hard work. They grade every ticket so that you'll find the best deals that will fit your budget. And then the best part about this is every ticket that you buy is backed by their 100% guarantee so you can shop with confidence and then you'll end up at the game that you want to see. So best of all, all you diehards, and thank you for your support here on Locked on Kings. You listeners will get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Here's what you do. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to this, uh, the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter L-O Kings. L-O Kings. That's locked on Kings. L-O Kings. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made that first ticket request. So download the SeatGeek app now and enter promo code L-O Kings. All right. So here's how it went down Wednesday 
at Golden One Center. As we mentioned, first game of the seven-game homestand. Miami, a depleted team. Kings were getting Aaron Aflalo back, or he had been back for a game. They got Ty Lawson back. Rudy Gay still did not play. But you feel good about the setup for the Sacramento Kings, especially inside. No real dominant big man like Hassan Whiteside to go against DeMarcus Cousins. The anticipation is it's going to be a monster night for Boogie. Well, Miami defended him a little bit differently than other teams had. They fronted him. They played small guys on him, quicker guys. And if you really think about it, I think quicker guys and maybe smaller guys that can really get up in DeMarcus, I think bother him more. It, it, it may not seem like it's it makes a lot of sense, but you'll hear you know, coaches elect to put a, a smaller guy on a 6'10", Kevin Durant, or a smaller guy on LeBron just because they're, they've, they've always been used to being guys that you know they put try to find people that are their size, and it's hard to find that. But I don't know. This was a case where James Johnson, the ex-king, was guarding DeMarcus a lot. Uh, Willie Reed, who doesn't have the frame of DeMarcus. But other guys were in there. Udonis Haslam, he's just bigger than these guys, but they really, really bothered DeMarcus. And there are plenty of nights that we talk about DeMarcus needing help, needing support. Well, this was a night where the support was more than there, but DeMarcus didn't have the normal game that we're accustomed to. So let's kind of look back at how it all played out. We go to the first quarter, and Miami after trailing 5 nothing, <clears throat> really got rolling. They got comfortable again, and this is something that's that's been happening way too many times for the Kings. They hit four threes in that opening quarter. Their bench was good. They got two early fouls on, on a couple of guys that on Babbitt, and that put in James Johnson early. And I thought James Johnson had a really good game for Miami. So the Kings trailed after one quarter, 30-25. to 25. They were out-rebounded in the quarter, which, again, has been a season-long issue. The second quarter... The Kings did a good job to finish the half a little bit closer because they they were totally outplayed in the first half. In fact, the Kings, if it, they, it weren't for hitting threes, they hit eight threes with six minutes left in the first half. They ended with eight threes. But at that point, they were shooting very well, very efficient. Eight of 13, eight of 15, I believe at that time, ended up eight of 20. But they were down at the half, but within striking distance. But what was the killer at the half, they'd given up 64 points to a Miami team that's not that dynamic offensively. Then you go to the third quarter and you think, okay, well, maybe they figured it out. They had a bad half. They'll probably play better defense in the second half, which they did. They gave up 23 in the third and 20 in the fourth, but it got way worse before it got better. The Kings found themselves down by 19 points. That was their high, 19 points, and then they started their rally. And it was too bad that they had to get that far down. But then it was quite a rally for the Kings. Trailing 87-68 late in the third quarter. Coach Yeager got a technical. That seemed to respond, kind of give a good response to the team. And then they got hot. They went on a crazy run. And the bench was just incredible. Through three quarters, they were 20 of 29. It scored 51 points. Cousins was on the bench in foul trouble. The Kings, in fact, started a flalo in Tolliver in the second half because of lack of production from Costa Kufis and Ben McLemore, and that Miami played small. And that run spilled over into the third quarter, and from the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Kings completely erased that 19-point deficit. They had a 23-2 run, put the lead, and had the lead, but couldn't quite close it out in the final six minutes. Now, it was kind of one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. The bench brought them back. Coach Yeager elected to go back to a couple of the starters. And this one I debated with Bobby Jackson on the postgame show a little bit because that that's honestly a tricky one. I think we can all project, oh, I would have done it differently. I would have left the subs in. 
that that one again. Let's play that out, and it doesn't go well for the Kings. You're, you're killing Coach Yeager for not bringing Cousins back in. He brought Cousins back in. He brought Barnes back in. He brought Collison back in, and they had moments. They had a couple of those backdoor cuts that worked well, but I thought the late game execution was really bad. Cousins took a terrible jump shot down by three. Just a bad decision. He didn't have it. He just didn't have his best night, and the bench was fantastic, scoring 61 points. It's too bad to waste that, but overall. The Kings just need to be down about this loss. They have now lost to the Miami Heat 24 of the last 26 times they have played. Heat get the sweep, stopping their six-game losing streak, nine straight on the road, and yet again, the Kings allow a team to shoot over 10 made threes. That is now the 23rd time this year out of 35 games they have allowed 10 or more threes, and I think the total now is about 61 made threes given up in the last four games. That has been a problem. And then the other part of this that is quickly becoming an issue, we always say this, if you can be somewhere near 500 on the road, the Kings have a road record of 8-12. and 12. That is actually acceptable for a below 500 team. It's okay. It's, it's up there with some of the better teams in the league as far as number of road wins. The home schedule, the home portion has been disappointing, just 7-8 and eight at home. And as we mentioned, this homestand gets more difficult with the Clippers, the Warriors. Still got OKC and the Cavs coming in. And this is one that got away, clearly, from the Sacramento Kings. But many guys played well for the Kings. Off the bench, 15 from Temple, 15 from Tolliver. Um, excuse me, 14 from Tolliver, 15 from Aflalo, 15 from Lawson. Cousins had a very quiet 13. Barnes added 12, 10 from Darren Collison. Miami was led off the bench by Tyler Johnson, who had 23. Goran Dragic had 19, 14 for James Johnson, 13 for Wayne Ellington. I mentioned Tyler Johnson. I thought he hit a lot of the big baskets, hit that clutch one that we played the highlight from from uh, when he was fouled by Barnes. Had two huge defensive plays in transition, chased down blocks. He was great, and he talked afterwards about uh, winning against the Sacramento Kings. We had to find a way to get this one done. I thought we, uh, we were rolling there in the first half, and even early in the third, I thought we were rolling. Um, they're a good team. They're going to come back, but um, like I said, for uh, this young group of guys to uh, go through adversity and as many close games as we have, as we have been in and then come on the short end, uh, it's good to get this one. Well, the Kings have been pretty good at winning close games. Miami has not. That's why their record reflects that, but they get a close game win. They've now beaten the Kings twice, once in overtime, and this one holding off Sacramento. So that's the first kind of thought on this one, player reaction. Now let's hear from the Sacramento Kings side of things as uh, we check in with Ty Lawson post game. They had more energy than us. I mean, they was getting wide open shots, moving the ball. I mean, everything they did on the offensive end was like fast. Like it's hard to react. So I mean, second half we kind of put more pressure onto them. It wasn't letting everybody get where they wanted to go, and I was able to stop them a little bit. What was it that uh, enabled you guys to put together that 19-0 run, that that second unit that was in there? Uh, they weren't getting as easy shots, so every time we wasn't taking the ball out, you know, just rolling up the floor, we was on fast breaks. And it was hard for them to be in their set defense, which they're a good defensive team when they're able to get back into the set. So I was making an open shot. It's tough when you feel like you're not getting calls. Uh, then Coach Yeager gets that, that tech, and it feels like you guys, that really spurred the momentum. Does that help you guys in situations like that? Yeah, it shows our coach is ready to fight for us and has our back, you know, because you know we're going to complain and everything like that. But when he is on the same page as us, and he, I mean, he's losing money for that to get a call, I mean, it just shows that I mean, he's with us. How are you feeling physically coming back? 
I felt good. You know, I probably got a little winded in the first half, but other than that, I felt good. I didn't get hit my face again, so I was cool. No pain or anything? Mm, no, just nothing at all. And there's no need to wear a mask or anything like that, or you just prefer not to? I prefer not to. I probably can't see out of it. I heard everybody feels, says it's uncomfortable, so I'm not wearing it. When you look at just maybe when this season ends, is it going to be one of those games you look back on and say you guys had missed an opportunity? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was what? only had eight players or something like that. The main players wasn't really playing, uh, except for Georgie. I'm not saying everybody else wasn't their main player, but the you know, people they highlight wasn't playing. So, you know, uh, we should have took advantage of this, especially on the uh, second night back-to-back. Why is it you think you guys weren't able to match their energy level? Uh, they just we just wasn't ready. I mean, they run their plays hard. I mean, some, we don't. Not too many teams in the league run their plays hard, but you know, like they came up, they set the screen, swinging it, and there's, there's a screen already set. So I mean, it's just tough to match it. When we did, I mean, we played well. How did you see just kind of those final three possessions for you guys? It didn't obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but it didn't look like any of them worked for you guys. Yeah, we just. I mean, we gotta get to our spots quicker. We actually set screens so we can get somebody open. We felt like nobody got open. And, uh, you know, Coach Spolcher was calling out everything we was doing. So, I mean, he probably had a good game plan for us. Coach, thank you guys uh, in that stretch when you got back in the game. The pace was quick. The ball was moving, moving well. Then it just seemed like in the last three, four minutes, it just kind of just stopped and it got real stagnant. What did you see? It's probably, probably the nature of the game. We came back from down, what, 19 to 20 points. So, we was trying to get a good shot. Coach was calling calls. We was trying to run it. I mean, during the, uh, the stretch, we was doing pick and roll, dive, and then swing, swing. So, I mean, uh, it was just a nature of the game, I think. Did you sense some fatigue out there? Well, towards the end, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, but uh, you gotta fight through it. Since the second I have a back-to-back, everybody's fatigued. Well, Lawson talking about how nobody was really getting open. I didn't think the Kings moved the ball that well in their last couple of looks offensively, because that game was still winnable all the way down to the end, but had that bad look by Cuz ultimately to lose this one. Now let's hear from. Aaron Aflalo, and I would say, again, that would be a positive for me, and we, we're we not seeing enough production from the two-guard, but this is a veteran that has proven much more in his career than Ben McLemore has, and I know Coach wants to leave a, a little bit of the continuity off the bench, from the bench, but I think it's time. they got to put Aflalo back in the starting lineup, and I think that next guard that should play, as far as shooting guard, is Malachi Richardson. I mean, Ben just is... He only played five minutes, in fairness to him, but he played the first five, did not get off to a good start at all, 0 for 3, and didn't play again. So Coach is quick to pull the trigger, but you'd like to see this team get off to a little bit of a better start. And he's starting different lineups in the second half. He has to do this a lot because of poor production and because there's not clear difference between the number three player on this team to the number 12. We said that from the beginning of the year, and it's happening a lot, but I would still trust Aflalo at this point more than I would Ben McLemore. But uh, Ben McLemore... Uh, slow start for him, but Aflalo came off 19 points, then had 15 points, made his first five shots, and he shared what he had to say about the game with the media afterwards. I think it's offensively, I just think it's defensively. Um, you know, it's it's not easy to come out and rather be the start of a half or the start of a game with the type of uh, energy level intensity you need uh, to, to kick off uh, the proper defensive mindset. So, uh, offensively, it's not an issue. You know, we work through those things, but you know, just defensively, you just have to be more ready to play and uh, not give teams a quick 10-0 run or 8-0 run because those things are hard to overcome. Does it present a different challenge when you're facing a team like Miami, who has so many different injuries in terms of matchups and whatnot? Is it is a little bit different than the first time you you faced them? Yeah, but uh, you know, I, Miami's always been a franchise and a team that's t- taking pride in playing really hard. Uh, you know. 
from top to bottom, whether they have superstar talent or lower level talent, they consistently play at a high level in terms of their effort. So, uh, you know, we expected that coming in, and you know, they did what they had to do. Aaron, at the end of this season, is this going to be just one of those games you look back on and say this was a missed chance for you? I don't think so. I mean, um, it will be one of 82 that, you know, we wish we would have got back, but, you know, converse to that, we'll, we'll probably pull out some wins this year where we weren't expected to win. So you never want to pinpoint one game or one play as to why you uh, win a game or you fall short in the season. You know, we just have to keep keep pushing through it. What was different in the second half for you? Obviously, you got really good going in the yeah. first half. I don't know. Just um, you know, they did a better job of fronting me in the post. Uh, they were playing some smaller guards, so I didn't get the the uh, normal touches I could have gotten in the post. And um, you know, but outside of that, it happens. You know, just some games you're gonna have a full game with great rhythm, and uh, just wasn't there in the second half. Talked about how they play hard every single yeah. time you play them, but yeah. what was missing from you guys where you guys didn't match their intensity? Well, I mean, I thought we did a great job of, of matching it to get back into the game. You know, being down 19 and taking a two-point lead or four-point lead uh, showed the level of, of intensity that we can play at. Um, you know, but we were down five at half, and uh, the starting unit uh, in the second half, you know, we gave them a quick 8-0 run, which now made it a 13-point game. And it just, it's just it's very difficult uh, in that time span. So uh, we just have to be more mindful of our starts uh, in the first half and second half defensively and then uh, go from there. Now, the one thing Aaron's talking about is spot on. First half defense, no excuse for that. You can't give up that many points, 64 first half points. That, to me, honestly, is where the game was lost. I know they got down 19, and it's great to come back. We'll look at the late game execution. When you lose a game this close, you look at all the things late. But they shouldn't have been chasing this game. They should not have been down 19 points and have to have this great comeback only to run out of gas and, and not finish it. All right, lastly, we got to hear from the head coach. Here's uh, Coach Yeager who picked up a technical. He was frustrated on the night, didn't like the way the game was called by the officials, didn't like the way his team was playing, tried to get his team to respond. But here's Coach Yeager with the media after the loss. Uh, you know, certainly a tough night for us. Uh, second night of back-to-back for both teams, but uh, you know, we came out and uh, they were more aggressive, uh, and you know, put up 64 points in the first half. That just, uh, you know, that stuff can't happen. We played from behind uh, most of the night, and uh, you know, hats off to Miami. They uh, they just grounded it out, and, and then certainly they made shots, but. Um, you know, when you have to come back from that far, then you, you think about the little plays at the end that are always, you know, important. And, uh, you know, some of them we didn't get done. And But uh, if you have to play from down 19, uh, those are uh, those are mean a lot more uh, when you have to come from that far back. What was it that you saw in that first two, two and a half, three quarters uh, in terms of the issue for you guys? Just from a, was it lethargic, tired? Yeah. Uh, you know, defensively, uh, we struggled to keep the ball in front of us, and the ball got got past us. And you have to help, and and then the, you know they got guys that can really knock down shots. Guys are guys are playing as hard as they can, and uh, uh, you know those guys made some shots. At halftime, your bench unit was outscoring your your starting unit. You made some changes in the lineup uh, in the second half of the game. Do you feel that you have a lot of confidence in your team to, regardless of who's having an off night, you're able to really pull the strings and, and people are going to step up? Yeah, I think you know that's kind of been the case, um, you know, throughout the year. Different guys coming in and helping. Uh, you know, I thought Ty had a heck of a game. I thought Aaron Aflalo backed up uh, what he did last night. I thought Garrett Temple had a nice ball game. So uh, those, you know, you try to get those guys more minutes. I thought Anthony Tolliver was good. How did you see those final two possessions there for you guys? Were you pleased with kind of the looks that you were having? Uh, 
had we had a layup, and that was like with three minutes left. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, the Marcus, if Marcus gets the ball, it's it's a good look. So that technical for you kind of changed the momentum of the game. Um, was that your intention, or were you just really that irritated with that call? No, I wasn't irritated with that call. I was irritated with a lot of calls. <laughs> so they they beat up Demarcus pretty good. He had a tough night. We we're gonna you know he's gonna have some tough nights, um, and uh, you know it's it's not the, the referee's fault. He he had one of those nights. So you know they did beat him up, and that's what teams have been doing to him lately. And uh, you know it gets frustrating for him. It gets frustrating for me. But you got to just keep playing. Can those teams be? No, it's not if you're a professional, you just come out and do your job. Doesn't matter who's who's playing, we needed to win. So like we do every night. So it doesn't uh, this shouldn't change your, your approach or your mindset. Can you uh, talk about Aaron uh Warren Dragic and uh, Tyler Johnson the way they were playing and penetrating and finding over there? Uh, did you really hurt your team? Mm-hmm. They're good players. They play good. <laughs> like, they're, they're, you know, they're hard to stay in front of, and, uh, you know, they keep their dribble really well. And, uh, you know, Tyler made tough, made a couple tough shots, certainly the last one. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a lot of um, our ability just to try to stay in front of the ball. Both of them, like I said, keep their dribble really well. They're shifty. They get in the paint. Uh, they want to score. Um, you know, they're, they're good, good players. But you guys seem to have the momentum in the fourth quarter, and then you made subs. What was, when it went, in, went into the decision to bring Demarcus back in, and then whoever else brought him at that moment? Fatigue. Guys are out of gas. Second night of back to back. You think uh, fatigue had anything to do with the start to the game at all? No, I don't. I think that, you know, they played last night. They had a couple guys not play, but. Uh, Tyler didn't play last night. He was good tonight, but I, you know, uh, I don't know what uh, what the reason is. We gave up 64 points in the first half. That's that's tough to overcome. It takes a lot of energy to come back, you know, from down that far. So uh, you know, you can get fatigued at the end. But uh, you know, we wanted to try to get off to a quick start and just didn't get it done. Well, a couple of things there from the coach. One, I disagree. I don't think if Demarcus gets the ball, quote, it's a good look. No, not where he got it. Not what he attempted to do. I think he's protecting his best player, but Haslam crowded him. I don't know if he was trying to draw the foul. He did that with Al Horford in that Boston game. He didn't get that kind of swing through three foul. I think that, that, that you're just begging for something there. Go to the basket, put the pressure on the officials, or move the ball, better yet. And the Kings didn't move the ball there. Bad decision by DeMarcus. He's been making good decisions this season, but that was not his best decision. And, and in the case of Coach Yeager saying, if DeMarcus gets the ball, quote, it's a good look. No, not this time. And he also felt, you know, one of the reasons he put the starters back in, and I'm not even blaming him for this because, again, I it's easy to second-guess that one. It really is. But his reasoning, saying fatigue, second out of a back-to-back, I, I didn't see the fatigue. I really didn't. I know Lawson had, uh, said it a little bit earlier, but I, I just didn't, didn't look like that group was tired. I, I think I would have rode them a little bit longer to see if they can get maybe some separation and then bring some of the starters back in or maybe one by one. I don't blame him bringing Cousins back in. That's your best player but he just didn't didn't have it uh, on Wednesday 
at Golden One Center. So Miami wins it 107-102. We're going to be back for another edition of Locked on Kings. We thank you for listening today. Again, you'll get analysis, you'll get recaps, you'll get highlights, you'll get interviews, all those kind of things. It's what we do each and every day here on Locked on Kings. Tell a friend, let them know we're out there, and uh, follow us on different things on uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Audio Boom. Send me questions, too, as well. I appreciate the feedback. Jason Ross, 1140 on Twitter or jason.ross at cbsradio.com. That's it for this edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Just one look at you, and I know it's gone. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.